Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Life Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. Doug is not in today. We are joined by uh, in, in the studio by Brad Sykes. Uh, happy to have him back in the studio for the program. And before we get started, I got a few uh, headlines for the people to read if, or listen to if they'd like. Uh, one I found interesting today, Chinese sociologists will soon, we, meaning China, will soon surpass the U.S. The U.S. will not survive. We will drive the U.S. <laughs> to its death as long as we, uh, as long as our 1.4 billion Chinese people eat, sleep, defecate, and urinate every day. We will take out the United States. And on the home front, uh, interesting headline out of L.A., L.A. health official, not wearing a mask is an act of domestic terror and should be treated like one. If you are caught outside without a mask on, you should be arrested. Um, uh, another one, this was pretty interesting. Uh, on a better note, a mother and a sister defended their uh, uh, sister, I guess, or daughter uh, from her, her ex-boyfriend. Uh, he went in and started strangling the one sister and they got out, uh, knives and a golf clubs and actually killed them. Um, defending, golf club. Yeah, def- I, I, I like that. You know what club it was? <laughs> uh, no, I have no clue. Um, and then the last one, airline industry is pushing for digital passports to track whether you have COVID-19 vaccine or not for flying. So those are just some, uh, interesting headlines that I read today. <laughs> I, uh, by the way, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving to you. It's good to be back with you, man. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was low key. I, uh, I got this email from a friend of ours. Uh, we we're talking about Oregon, mm. you know, what, uh, you know, what was going on out there with the, uh, you know, if you had more than six people oh, at yeah. Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you could tattle on your neighbor. Yep. He said, so the state that has vehemently pushed defunding the police is now calling for its residents to call the police if they know of anyone who is having guests over to their homes for Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> How ironic, just, yeah, right? right. You know, it's, just, it's, it's almost becoming comical yeah. if it wasn't so tragic. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we would have definitely violated... Uh, the Oregon rule. Oh yeah, we did. Um, and glad to have done it. Yep. Uh, thankful we have a conservative uh, governor in mm-hmm. the state of Florida who has allowed us to continue to do business. Mm-hmm. Uh, glad we can even come into the studio and do this. Yeah, right. You know? yeah. But uh, that's yeah, not. That, that, listen, here's the thing. I, I am not. I'm not a conspiracy guy who thinks this is all made up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get the fact COVID's real. Mm-hmm. It, there have been consequences of COVID, but why do we take, why can't people, individuals just be responsible? Yeah. In other words, if you're at risk, why should it be up to a thousand other people to be responsible for you? Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be aware that 
you know, if, if you're going over to your see your grandparents who are in town, it might not might be good to wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, uh, my father's 85. I think in general, generally speaking, he's pretty healthy. But he sees his health as his responsibility and not somebody mm-hmm. else's. And what's happened, uh, this whole shutting down of businesses, it's unbelievable. There's no way this can continue. Yeah, they definitely can't continue. And I think that this happening is a reflection on, you know, where we are as a country as far as it, you know, used to be a country about personal, um, you know, responsibility and independence. And now we're a country that looks to be uh, parented and nannied by a growing government. And by and large, most people, especially younger, <laughs> think that that's okay and that's how it should be. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I, I know I shared. I don't know. Did you start reading that book I recommended, The Coddling of the American Mind? I, yeah, I've read it, yeah. it's. Uh, I'll, I'll look at it. I'll look for it on our break. I Jonathan Haidt. something that uh, I read today. That was just staggering. It was just, uh, it was just amazing. I don't want to, I don't want to bait it and uh, <laughs> leave people hanging. So I'll find it and then I'll try and read it later. But um, anyway, good, to, good to be back. You and I are together today and tomorrow, mm-hmm. and uh, we are going to be jumping into. Uh, if you're tuning in and you, um, we're we're not going to cover a whole lot of Hebrews over the next two days. Uh, I'll kind of have a, a launching point. <clears throat> based on what we've been looking at through Hebrews. But, uh, you know, you guys haven't been in studio since uh, last week, I guess, right? You weren't here Friday. We weren't here last week either. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, And Doug will be back in studio on Wednesday. Yep. So, uh, but uh, <clears throat> I'm excited to, to get back on the air with you, Taylor. And, I'm glad uh, you're here. See what kind of trouble we can make yeah, up. Right? <laughs> We're good at that, right? Yeah. Well, um Doug, as I said, I think Doug's in Mississippi and uh, yeah. praying for he and his family. Uh, his mother, I know, hasn't been in great health. I think she actually had COVID. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we want to keep her in prayer. Also, want to <clears throat> while I'm live on the air, want to just uh, say congrats to my son-in-law who had uh, a song that he wrote this past year. Went to number one today. No way, really. Yeah, on, That's awesome. On country radio, I won't read the lyrics, but <laughs> what's it called? Can you read that? I can't even do that. Oh wow! <laughs> I, I'm not, you know, I'm not allowed to do that. Oh, okay, <clears throat> but, That's pretty uh, awesome, though. Yeah, uh, Devin Dawson. You can check him out. So yeah. Anyway, he cool. he was one of the writers and performers of the song. But anyway, he he also wrote God's Country, which Blake Shelton yeah uh, took to number one yep. uh, earlier in the year. So. He had two two this year, which were pretty. That's pretty big time. Yeah, that's that's really big. That's Super pretty excited, awesome. Though, yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, low key Thanksgiving had my daughter in from Colorado and her one of her teammates uh, who is from Hawaii that came in mm. spent the spent a couple of days with us, and then I had a good friend of mine who I've been meeting with for a couple of years. Just uh, was going to be alone, mm. and I said, "Well, you got we better come over." Yeah, and so he came over eight eight. You know, I gave into my flesh, um, <laughs> full confession right here. I am repenting uh, that, um, you know what, I, I was a glutton. Yeah. <laughs> Tru- truly, I was a glutton. I ate way too much turkey. Uh, I don't know what your favorite thing is about but Thanksgiving, but I am a traditionalist. Uh, oh, yeah. Just good old basic roasted turkey. Uh, no, I like that. I like ham. My mom Do you really? Yeah. Got the honey, you know, the honey baked ham or whatever. Yeah. I've yeah. always liked that. Tell you what, that's pretty good. Got that little caramel on the outside. Yep. Oh yeah. 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 A little crunch. Yep. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had that some, uh, obviously some potato. I actually went to two, uh, Thanksgivings, one oh. with my wife's family and then 
one with mine, so I, I did had you a lot. pace yourself or yeah, I did. <clears throat> now I didn't last year, uh, right? But this year I, I learned my lesson. And I, so, yeah. Hey, I don't know. Uh, I I haven't even gotten on the scale in the last three days oh, or four days. Yeah. Uh, it won't do it because I'll just kind of tone it down yeah. and uh, get back into my routine. Yeah, you know, that's the struggle about the holidays. Oh yeah. Is, you know, especially if you're a tight-knit family, mm-hmm. everybody, you know, it's socialized around food, and uh, you end up eating too much. And then you have leftovers, obviously. Well, that's and, the problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I told Vicky, I said, you know, I think what I want to do next year, and, and, of course, we as a family, we rotate. So one year okay. we have everybody for Thanksgiving, and I say everybody, I'm talking about all my kids, uh, their spouses, grandchildren, at our house every other thanksgiving okay. and then every other christmas we have every we you know mm-hmm. we get them <clears throat> so this thanksgiving it was rather quiet but no did my wife did not tone down the size <laughs> of the turkey she still bought a monster turkey and i've probably got leftovers for a good three or four more days oh yeah easy but that's okay i don't mind it it's, do you what do you good. do with your uh sandwich you make a turkey sandwich or how I, do you... i've been known to do that yeah, you know yeah. it's every which way you can make turkey <laughs> you know it's uh you know, mix it in with the green bean casserole so one of the things i know this is not spiritually deep but uh you know that's our first uh segment anyway it's talking about what's going on in the world and what's going on in your world what's going on in my world yeah you know one of the things my wife makes is this it's called um uh what she'd kill me if she was here that's called pink fluff that's Mm. the name of it now she serves it with the dinner but Mm. it's like a dessert it's pure whipped cream with blueberry uh, no with uh cherry topping you know like cherries you Uh pull out of a can yeah she takes whipped cream and those uh cherries mixes it all together and that's called pink fluff does that sound like a salad or anything no that doesn't (laughs) Well, that's what we eat with our with our meal. Oh yeah, see, that's how a uh, sweet potato casserole is oh, for me. Yeah. Like that, that might as well just be dessert, right? Little brown there. sugar, yeah, little yeah. cinnamon on top. Yep. Yeah, that's dessert. Yeah, yeah. But it's you know it's it's camouflaged in the idea that it's <laughs> potatoes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Low carb. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm, it was a it was a great uh, it was a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we have much to be thankful for, Taylor. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, I uh, I was telling somebody at church yesterday, and you know, I'm sure there are people listening who can identify with this, that in the midst of all that's going on in 2020, I have become a very uh, critical person. Mm. I, I can be very negative very quickly. I can look at things that are going on, whether, you know, I, I turn on my computer over here, uh, depending on what's, <laughs> what uh, website I'm going to go to, and I can get very discouraged. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're that way, but mm-hmm. I, I certainly can. But I've got a lot to be thankful for. Yeah. So we will pick up there in a moment uh, so stick with us we'll be back with more after the break uh, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors Ace Door and Window as well as a special thanks to our sponsors Tom Neal Trucking and Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries if you would like to sponsor the program please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com that's Doug at SWATradio.com you're listening to SWAT Radio stay tuned If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. 
We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, oh, right now, I just can't. It's easy to say when there's nothing to What will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? That was Even If by Mercy Me. Uh, welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, I am Taylor Johnson, and I am joined by... Uh, in the studio by with by with yeah by uh, with, uh, by. with Brad Sykes. Um, <laughs> he's in for Doug McCary. Uh, he'll be in tomorrow as well, and Doug will be back on Wednesday. Uh, we're happy to be back with you guys after being off uh, for the Thanksgiving break, and that's kind of what we talked about in the uh, first segment of the day, where we usually talk about the news and kind of what's going on in the world and in our lives. We ended up talking a lot about turkey. And ham. It's what you talk about after Thanksgiving, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so do you do do you do ham again at Christmas time? No. You, double, you don't double up on the ham? No. My mom, kind of weird, I don't know how this got started, but she does uh, lasagna. On, uh, yeah. I, I always. She's not an Italian girl, is she? No. I don't know where it came from, yeah. Uh, she's uh, German and uh, Irish, but <laughs> we have lasagna for uh, for dinner on Christmas, and then in the we have a brunch as well so like then that's got like egg casserole and stuff like that but yeah no no ham on on christmas well, not not really sure how that started but she makes great lasagna so i'm i'm, I'm happy with I, it. I, i'm good for lasagna <laughs> yeah. I, I married a, an italian girl she 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 can make it bake a mean lasagna but, see, uh, yeah, yeah. we're doing uh for christmas um uh basically a prime rib oh, okay and i am looking forward to that yeah. even though people who know me i don't eat a lot of meat um at least as of 2020, I cut back on my meat consumption. And, of course, I lost 30 pounds in yeah, the process. Yeah. But uh, i, I got to get back on that, right. that wheel. That's why I, I'm not getting on the scale. So it's yeah, not going to happen. But, See, uh, I always take kind of in my mind, you know, the kind of Thanksgiving to New Year's. It's just kind of like, take yeah, it off. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, no, no issues with legalism. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> enjoy. Hey, enjoy it, right? That's what it's there for. Yeah. But uh, just – yeah, I can I can slip off the edge though really quick. Oh yeah, that's true. I think yeah. I'll have a third helping of that. <laughs> That'd be good. 
Hey, listen, I'm excited. We're, Doug had asked me after we were kind of getting started in Hebrews 13 if I would take a, if he was going to leave and said, hey, that week, would you be willing to teach on discipleship? And uh, I've, I've been able to do that multiple times uh, over the years, even for SWAT. And so I was glad to do it. And I thought it was a great kind of jumping off point, really, uh, as our study of Hebrews is kind of wrapping up. Uh, we're in Hebrews chapter th- 13. Mm-hmm. And really, I, I can't think of a better kind of time than now to discuss biblical discipleship in light of Hebrews 13. Just as a reminder, Hebrews, uh, over the last few weeks, at least at SWAT, uh, we've looked at the examples of faith in Hebrews 11. Uh, You have the encouragement to faith in Hebrews 12. And then in chapter 13, you have the evidences of faith. And uh, Doug had mentioned a couple of weeks ago about this idea that You've got 12 12 out of 13 chapters of Hebrews that are really focused on this foundation of faith. It's it's the theology. It's the the revelation of God's Word that must lead to the application of God's Word. Or it's it's the the doctrine that leads to duty. Orthodoxy leads to orthopraxy. In other words, what you say you believe will be played out in how you live your life. And, uh, boy, that's never more true in what you do as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And we're going to kind of jump into that a little bit over the next couple of days. But Hebrews 13, in my opinion, is kind of where the rubber meets the road. It's it's uh, my life will reflect what I believe. It's not what I say. It's how I live. Mm-hmm. And I know your dad, so your, your parents probably ne- never said, hey, do as I say not as i do you've heard that statement before right yeah i've heard it before but not from them yeah Yeah. i mean i've probably even said that to my kids (laughs) because my kids know me well i mean sometimes you know we struggle with doing what we say ourselves and and the reality jesus said you're the light of the world a city set on a hill cannot be hidden and if indeed we are as christians a city set on a hill my, my my view is why are so many Christians in hiding? Mm. And and if my faith is real, it should be visible for others to see. You know, I, I think I've gotten discouraged at times during the last, you know, cycle of elections mm-hmm. that a lot of Christians just kind of shut down. Mm. And yet I, I think it's here's the time to really stand up. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think we've seen a lot of that. In the, in the first six verses of chapter 13, our faith should be, as Doug kind of brought out, is our faith should be visible in a love toward man, which we, we looked at a couple of weeks ago, towards brothers, our brothers in Christ, towards our strength, towards strangers. It should be evident in how we treat prisoners and those who are ill-treated. Our faith should be visible in a loyalty to our mate. Our marriages should honor God. They should be holy and they should be undefiled. Uh, Our faith should be visible in a longing for our maker. In other words, there should be a contentment in Christ. And yet, you know, we're always searching to fill that hole with Mm -hmm. more stuff, more material stuff, more positions, more power. And it it should be evident in a longing for our maker, that we want to be with him. And then it should be visible in a hope in our master. We hope not in our works, not in what we've been able to accomplish, but in what he's 
been able to accomplish on our behalf. And in verses 7 through 14 of Hebrews 13 that we looked at a couple of weeks ago, the following questions were asked. How is my faith race informed? How is my faith race informed? Who and what am I listening to? What am I reading and what am I watching? Um, you know, I, I may have mentioned this with you. Is are, are we more impressed with the person who's communicating the Word of God or are mm-hmm. we impressed with the Word of God? Yeah. You know, we we live in a time, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all these things where we have elevated man to such a level that we discount the power of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's so discouraging that w- when, when I look at the spiritual leaders, when I look at spiritual leaders or when you look at spiritual leaders of our day, are we more impressed with them or are we more impacted by the message? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think oftentimes we can be very impressed with man. Mm-hmm. Like Hebrews thirteen says thirteen seven says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. It says, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And my my question, uh, even from a couple of weeks ago, was, how do you imitate a faith that you've never actually witnessed? If I said, hey, I want you to imitate Tom over here. Well, if you can't see what Tom's doing, it's hard to imitate something mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, it, it specifically says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. You know, so often our spiritual leaders, we don't really know what their life looks like. Yeah. All we know is what we either hear on the radio or through a podcast or maybe from the pulpit. But do our spiritual leaders have an outcome of their life worth imitating? I, I confessed, I, I don't mind sharing this, uh, and I did with the groups uh, last two weeks ago, was that, man, I am a good performer. I mm. I can look really good. I got a nice worn-out Bible. Mm. It's highlighted to the max. You know, on, on the surface, you might think, wow, Brad's pretty impressive. You know, he, he knows the Word of God, and, and I do. But it doesn't matter how much you know. Mm-hmm. What matters is whether your life is being transformed. It's not an issue of how many Bible studies can you attend in a week. It's, it's not about the word of God should do more than just inform. It should transform. Mm-hmm. And the question from last week is, what am I running for in this faith race? What am I running for? What is my purpose? What What is my mission? And if, if you've been part of SWAT for more than a couple of weeks, you're likely familiar with what SWAT stands for. Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And I think it's fair to say that the mission of SWAT is to advance biblical truth in both word and deed. Does that sound like that would be reasonable? Yeah. That SWAT isn't just advancing truth in word. Mm -hmm. It's advancing truth in deed. It's in a spiritual warriors advancing truth. One of our core values is to make Jesus's last command our first priority. So biblical truth should inform as well as transform. And Jesus, before he ascended to be with the Father, he gave this command. This was his last command. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. And you know what, Taylor? If we truly believe that all authority in heaven and on earth 
has been given to Jesus Christ, then why are men in the church not making disciples? And, and, and by the way, I have a few thoughts regarding that. We'll probably kind of jump into that when we come back from the break. But that's the issue. If, if Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, and he's given us a command to go make disciples, why are we as men in the church not making disciples? And, I mean, it's a, it's a great challenge. And, and I'm going to kind of lay out just some of the things that I'll see, and then we'll kind of dig into these. But the first is fear. It's fear. The second reason we're not making disciples is that we've delegated responsibility to those that we think are more qualified. Thirdly, the reason we're not making disciples is that we're confused as to what a disciple really is and how to make them. Mm -hmm. And so I want to jump into those three kind of specific areas on why we're not making disciples in the church. So anyway, I don't know how that works with our time. But uh, I think we got a few more minutes. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm curious. You, you said why are we, uh, as men, you know, not making disciples in the church? Do you think there's a difference between uh, how men and women are acting and behaving in the church, or how the church is impacting, you know, men as opposed to how it's impacting women? You know, I think I've said this multiple times. Listen, our wives don't know each other, but if they met today and went and had lunch tomorrow they're going to share things hmm. on the first time they get together that you and I may not share. Yeah. In fact, you and I, it may take six months. Hmm. I tell I tell men all the time, when you're going to make disciples, this isn't a, a transaction. This isn't a quick process. Men, we have hard shells. We're calloused by the world. Uh, and again, our wives have temptations of their own. It's mm-hmm. not like they're, they, but we have different ones. Yeah. And we're very much about propping ourselves up. Yeah. All right. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You can also, uh, we'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. Give me a heart for the ones for 
Give me your eyes. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, uh, Doug McCary is out of the studio today, and Brad Sykes is in for him, and he is talking about discipleship. And we got into that a little bit in the second segment. In the first segment, we talked a little bit just kind of catch up because we'd been out uh, for the Thanksgiving break. So if you missed that and you would like to go back and listen, you can visit us at www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com, and then uh, search for past uh, program, um, and you can see that up there in about an hour or two. Um, and then you can also listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can listen there as well. You can listen about everywhere nowadays. Yeah, you know. It's, uh, well, listen, Taylor. Good to be in studio with you. I'm excited to be over the next couple of days. We'll kind of jump into making disciples. You you actually asked uh, before we went on the break, and then while we were on the break, what is it? What is it about men? Why, why are we really not making disciples? I'm going to dig into these three areas that I mentioned. But I think there's a, there's a, I think, and, and the first one we'll look at is, is fear. Uh, fear of being unqualified to make a disciple or fear of being ill-equipped to make a disciple. Uh, think of Hebrews 13, verse 7, where it says, Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Now let me ask a question. You don't have to answer you don't have to answer Taylor, but if you're listening, would you be okay with someone else imitating your faith? Would you be okay with someone imitating your faith? And I might say, you know, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're probably in that same category. Yeah. There's sometimes where I feel like my faith may be worth imitating, but there are other times where it's not. Yeah, and I think if you flip that question and say uh, how would your faith be different if you knew people were going to imitate your faith? Amen. That makes me like, okay, well, okay. Amen. Yeah. And, and now that you have a, a young child at home, yeah. more, more, listen, you you can't hide your behavior. Yeah. Uh, I've said this many times. You don't measure the spiritual maturity of a man outside the home. Because when I get outside the home, I'm good at performing, as mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier. My wife will clarify how mature <laughs> I am, really, spiritually yeah. mature. And, you know, if the outcome of your life doesn't reflect progress towards sanctification, then biblical discipleship is what you need. Doug says it often. He says it's not about perfection. It's about direction. Mm -hmm. Am I a different man today than I was a year ago, two years ago, five years ago? If you're not, then Paul says examine yourself Mm -hmm. to see if you are of the faith. Because if you are of the faith, the Spirit of God is in you. And the Spirit of God ought to be leading you toward sanctification, toward transformation. And listen, the fact is, we all need discipleship, every one of us. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, it doesn't matter how, how great your faith is. You still need to be discipled. 
you still need what I, what Doug and I say. You still need a Paul in your life. You still need, but you need a Timothy in your life. And I think one of the areas we're seeing is we're seeing this fear. We're, we've got men who are gripped in fear that they're either unqualified to make a disciple or they're ill-equipped to make a disciple. In other words, they they don't they look at their own life and they think, well, who am I to make a disciple? Mm. You know. And again, you're not. This isn't about how good Taylor is or how good Brad is or how good Doug is or how good Tom is. This is how good God is, that he would take guys like you and I and that he we are a work in progress. And, and so the reality is everyone is being discipled, though. Uh, the question is, how am I being discipled? I, I said this during the studies. I said, you know, mainstream media, when given the opportunity, does a really good job of making disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hollywood, when given the opportunity, does a really good job of making disciples. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, those things all will make a disciple. So that's how the enemy works, by the way. Uh, it, as brothers in Christ, if we relegate our responsibility to make disciples, the default disciple maker will be the world and its systems. That's just a fact. So if you are not making disciples, somebody's making disciples of the people you ought to be making disciples of. Yeah. And uh, you, you got to kind of wonder, okay, what kind of disciple are they making, mm-hmm. really? And so, so the first area is fear. The second reason we're not making disciples is that we've delegated responsibility to those that we think are more qualified. So the fear is I'm not qualified, and in, in so doing now we've – delegated that responsibility to someone we think is more qualified. And you know who that falls to? Pastors, mm-hmm. preachers, teachers, counselors, missionaries, etc. It, it it is very concerning to me that we have so elevated gifted preachers and teachers, we've elevated them so high that we kind of look at them or we hear them and go, "Well, I can't do that." I'll just invite my lost friends to church. Mm. And this may be foreign to some people. And, it, you know, I, I was at church yesterday and I heard this, you know, this and bring your friends to church, bring your lost people to church. I hate to break it to people, but that's not what the church was for. Mm-hmm. The church is for the saints. It's for the born again, regenerate people. Yeah. It's where we go to be equipped so that we will go out and make disciples. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other area is is this this fear leads to delegating our responsibility. So instead of going to reach my neighbor across the street because maybe I just don't have the right answers, you know, we're we're concerned, well listen, get the right answers. We have the word of God. Most homes have multiple copies of the word of god yeah but we're far more interested in fantasy football Mm. than we are in understanding how to share the gospel Mm -hmm. and the reality is it is my job to go across the street have a meal with my neighbor or have him over for a meal build a relationship and in due time i will share the gospel with him yeah and maybe he'll come to christ in my living room or you know in my backyard around the fire pit or maybe while we're barbecuing hot dogs, uh, whatever it looks like, is that we have the opportunity. We're being equipped in the church to go out into the, the fields, which are ripe for harvest, to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And and I, I heard a statistic, I think just yesterday, that 
82% of people, when interviewed, said that they would be interested in hearing about your faith. Mm. Now, think about that. If, if, if you knew that 82% of the people's door that you knocked on that were maybe neighbors of yours, if you knew that 82% of them would be interested in hearing your story, would you share it more often? Yeah. Would, would you get your story down? Would you really be able to articulate how you came to Christ and how you are being sanctified, not how you're perfect, not how you've got it all together, but how you are in process. And I mean, I just think there's a real uh, danger in elevating pastors and preachers and teachers, which, by the way, I'm incredibly grateful for some of the preachers and teachers that we have in our culture today who Mm -hmm. discipline themselves for seminary and they're excellent communicators. Listen, a lot of the people that I know who we would look up to as just amazing expositors of the word of god they don't want you to elevate them Mm. they really don't you know i think of your dad who probably does a lot of that it's easy to look at you know he he, this isn't the nfl Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah any goodness you see in me to glory to god Mm -hmm. not to brad or not to taylor or not to anthony it's it's glory to god of what he's doing in us yeah and so i think this idea of delegating responsibility of making disciples being left to pastors and teachers and preachers and counselors and missionaries that's a that's an error that's a big time error in our culture and so that's kind of this this idea that we're not making disciples because we've delegated the responsibility the third reason i think we're not making disciples is that we're confused as to what a disciple really is and how to make them uh, I've, I've shared this before. You know, my earliest memories as a kid revolved around hunting trips with my dad or canoe trips, various things. He taught me. My dad taught me how to hold a gun, yeah. how to how to load a gun, how to shoot a gun without shooting my brother. <laughs> and and he, he taught me how to gut and clean whatever we shot in the in the fields. Not only did I learn to hunt, but I learned a lot about my father. I learned how he walked, how he talked, how he joked, how he prayed, how he spoke to other people, and how he would talk about my mother. You know, I remember oftentimes those road trips home, you know, which were just great times of talking. And more than hunting, I learned how to be a man from my dad. And and to this day, the lessons I learned from my dad, probably much like you, impact the way I live and how I love others. And what happened in my time with my father was a form of discipleship. In other words, he led and I followed. Mm-hmm. I didn't follow perfectly. Yeah. Uh, and quite frankly, he probably wouldn't have wanted me to follow perfect. But that's what discipleship really is. Yeah. All right. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. Uh, we'd like to give a shout out to our local listeners. Listen on 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. You are listening to Spot Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. 
SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's on That is Ren Collective with Rescuer. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, uh, Brad Sykes is in the studio in for Doug McCary today. I am Taylor Johnson, and we've been talking about discipleship, and that's what we'll be talking about uh, for the rest of today and tomorrow. So if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. Or actually, you should email Taylor at SWATradio.com. That's Taylor at SWATradio.com. My apologies. Well, uh, you were we were talking on the break about hunting. Yeah, so I actually had the, you know, talking about things you did over Thanksgiving. So when my girls are in town now one of them lives here in town mm-hmm. and i need to get her back out but uh they oftentimes when they come into town want to go shooting and uh i take them out shooting so we we went out we went this weekend so uh did you when they grew up did you take them shooting i did a lot? Yeah. i did and uh, we went to the range often I, I, same same story i mean i wanted my my girls and one of my boys to to know how to hold a gun how to mm-hmm. load a gun how to shoot a gun how to not hurt somebody yeah. it's serious stuff yeah. and uh so uh hannah while she was home she was like dad can we go skeet shooting i'm like yeah we'll do that sometimes i'm not as good about yes when i say that I, let's actually go do that uh-huh. and so uh, i think friday we went out friday and uh, went up to um i think it's jacksonville clay and target uh, up off new berlin road if you don't shoot man go up there uh, pay a visit to those guys and uh They've got trap and skeet and 
uh, clay and all that. And so we just got a got a range and sat there and shot skeet. She brought her friend uh, from Hawaii, never shot a gun before. Oh wow! And then brought two boys uh, who are one's a one's a rower. Is it row or crew up at Syracuse University? Okay. And then one is a swimmer at the University of Texas. So mm. I took took those four out. Uh, for a little shooting on the skeet range, and they had a great time. It, it's a lot of fun. So those are the kind of things that are good. They're fun to do. Yeah. You know, I made them leave their phones, and we'll take one phone. You can take pictures, but I'll designate that to Vicky. will be the picture taker. and then. But everything else, we want to stay focused when yeah. we're on that skeet range. Yeah. And uh, they had a great time. I had a great time just kind of watching and helping them. That's cool. So, yeah, s- similar idea as we talk about discipleship. Discipleship should not be confusing it's Mm. it's it's that simple it's you lead i follow yeah and again we're not talking about perfection we're talking about moving and being looking i mean think about this in the in the corporate world or in the educational system you know if somebody if if the principal of a school said hey taylor we've got a new teacher coming in can they shadow you for the next two months Oh yeah, pretty important that they you do a good job. Uh-huh. That you you know what your role is. You're, yeah. you, yes, you're going to teach, but you're also going to model for them, mm-hmm. and, and eventually so, let them so that they do can it. do it. Yeah, it's yeah. duplication. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're. Here's the thing: you're not a disciple of Jesus if you're not making disciples mm-hmm. of Jesus. And I know that may shock some people. Yeah, if you are a disciple of Jesus then you ought to be obedient to his last command, which was go make disciples. Mm. And yet most of the church doesn't make disciples. And so we're looking at these, uh, what I consider to be three of the areas where the reasons why we don't make disciples. Number one, it's fear, fear of either being ill-equipped or unqualified to make disciples. Number two, the reason we're not making disciples is that we've delegated responsibility to someone else that we think is more qualified. And and here's the reality. There are people who are not qualified. They're not equipped. Yeah. But you need to be equipped. In other words, you wouldn't no no principal would put a young teacher in your presence if they didn't think you were ready to, to yeah. mentor mm-hmm. or to disciple. You can determine whether you can disciple. And you know, it's just that's the way things work. And so what is biblical discipleship? And so of all the questions that SWAT brothers should wrestle with, this is, I think, one of the most important questions. Being disciples of Jesus gets to the very core of who we are and what we should be doing with our lives. Biblical discipleship is helping others follow Jesus, and it flows directly from being a disciple of Jesus. Disciples are called to follow Christ, and following him means helping others follow him and so question is are you a disciple who is making disciples of jesus christ uh, diedrich bonhoeffer said that christianity without discipleship is always christianity without christ mm. we are to be making disciples that's what we're here to do our mission by the way should you choose to accept it mm. men is to make disciples and so i want to kind of take we'll transition let's look at i want to look at kind of five characteristics of a disciple of jesus christ we may not get through it all in this segment we'll we'll tee it up for tomorrow and we'll kind of unpack a lot of this but the first the first characteristic 
of a disciple maker is a disciple follows Christ. Now, that seems obvious, but number one, a disciple follows Christ. Number two, a disciple imitates and replicates Christ. He, he, he imitates and he replicates. Number three, a disciple helps others follow Christ. Number five, a disciple intentionally builds Christ-centered relationships. And then number five, a disciple depends upon Christ. So let's look first, a disciple follows Christ. Uh, you know, when we encounter Jesus for the first time in the scriptures, we meet a man who says this. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, Matthew four nineteen. It's a command, by the way, with a promise mm-hmm. and a mission. It's a promise to prepare us for a purpose. Uh, when we follow Christ, it's Christ who prepares you and I for the mission. And that purpose is to be fishers of men. He says, follow me, and I will make you, not you will make you, but I will make you fishers of men. So, however, there is a cost to following Christ. In fact, in Matthew sixteen twenty four, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he says, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. In other words, following Christ requires laying down your desires for his desires. In fact, Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. He goes on, he says, in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's Galatians 2.20. And so the question is, have you been crucified with Christ? If you've been crucified with Christ, I say this a lot, you're a dead man. <laughs> you are a dead man if you're crucified with Christ. But following Christ requires sacrifice. However, Jesus gives us a promise. He says, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew sixteen twenty five. In other words, Jesus is saying when we choose to follow him, he's going to give us life. Jesus said the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's not a prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. That's the reality that we've got to die to our desires so that we can live for his desires. And when we live for his desires, we're truly living life in abundance. And so the sobering reality is that there is no middle ground. There's no middle ground. Jesus said, whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Do you hear? Do you see any like gray area there? <laughs> That's Matthew twelve thirty. Again, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. So here's the question. Are we gathering or are we scattering? Because you're doing one or the other. You may say, well, I'm not maybe making disciples. If you're not making disciples, you're scattering is what you're doing. You're, you're, you're delegating responsibility, and there are people all around you who are going other places to be discipled. They're not being discipled in the gospel. They're being discipled in the world's systems. And so if you're not gathering, if you're not making disciples, you're scattering. If you're not f- fishing for men, you're scattering. Mm. And uh, so that's what we're looking at. Disciples follow Christ. The second thing is 
disciples imitate and they replicate Christ. Now, it doesn't take you long when you look at Christ to go, wow, that's going to be pretty challenging, <laughs> yeah. right? And But as disciples, we're to follow Christ. We're also to imitate and replicate Christ. That's the heart of discipleship. As I said, in Jesus' final command, he told his disciples, teach them. He said, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says, teaching them or teach them to observe or teach them to obey all that I have commanded. It's not a, hey, come hear me teach. Jesus said, come follow me. And as disciples, we're called to imitate Jesus' love, first and foremost. John 13, 34, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. So we're called to imitate Jesus' love. We're also called to imitate his mission. Again, his mission, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. We're called to imitate his, his humility. Matthew eleven twenty nine. take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So we're to imitate his, his, uh, his love, his mission, his humility. We're also to imitate his service. John 13, 34, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And I know we're kind of coming to an end, but let me finish with this. We're called to imitate his suffering, 1 Peter 2, 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Mm-hmm. And then we're to follow his obedience, finally. We'll pick up there when we come back tomorrow, because there's a lot to unpack about walking and making disciples. Yes, all right. So you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That is www.swatradio.com. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening